Welcome to the podcast uh, today. Bill O'Reilly joins us. Uh, he's here for the hour to talk about everything that went on this week. We have Dan Bongino on as well. And uh, Chad Prather joins us as well to talk about his run for governor of Texas. Uh, and, of course, the terrible decision of starting a run for governor of Texas by coming on my stupid show to do a power hour in which he has one shot of beer every minute for 60 minutes and then attempts to talk politics with all of us that's going on tonight don't miss it if you go to youtube.com slash does america you can subscribe to the channel there and uh, watch the show drink along with us we'd love that it's been a long year let's forget as much of it as we can here's the podcast you're listening to the best of the glenn beck program Next guest is a friend of the program, friend of mine, and uh, somebody that I I have a business opportunity I'd like to suggest. Dan Bongino is joining us. Dan, is you, have you ever thought about signing a, a big deal uh, to go on a tour with uh, Geraldo Rivera? Because you'd never have to go because you'd never get a chance to talk. So you could make money literally in your sleep. Um, f- first... First of all, let me that. ask you, Dan. I love it. Quick, I'm always open for a business opportunity. <laughs> I, I love that. Let's quickly get let, <laughs> let me just uh, let me just ask you first. How are you feeling? How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. I, I appreciate that. Thanks for asking. Doing okay. Doing okay. So uh, always are praying you, every day. But that doing good. Um, how long away are you, or how far away are you from getting a uh, all clear? Well, I May 3rd, I have a scan out at MD Anderson in Houston and uh, hoping that one turns up negative. And, you know, if okay, it good. does, it's a battle for the rest of your life. You know, you always yeah. got to go scan all the time. But uh, let's hope it's OK. I think it we're praying for you. Um, all right. Thanks. Let's talk a little bit about the insane idea now from the mayor of uh, Minneapolis of taking guns away from police officers, but really only at traffic stops, because that's not dangerous yeah. at all for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, there are two scenarios in policing that pretty much every cop, and I know you know a lot of them, will tell you that, uh, that are the most dangerous. Uh, traffic stops and domestic violence calls. Uh, the most dangerous, I would say, hands down. Now, why is that? Uh, you know, if you're thinking logically, not like, you know, the mayor of uh, Brooklyn uh, Center who said that absurdity there, that they shouldn't have guns on some traffic stops. The, the reasons why, uh, if you're using reason, are, are self-explanatory. We're, we're visual creatures, right? We're not bats. We're not dogs. You know, bats use what uh, <laughs> echolocation. Um, dogs right. use olfaction and smell. We're visual creatures. So when you're approaching someone in the street outside of a vehicle, you can typically ask them to see their hands. So, Glenn, here's a minute. this is really going to be crazy for the liberals. This thing. You can see the hands. You know, eyeballs don't shoot. Knees don't shoot. Elbows don't shoot. Fingers do. Fingers are located on hands. This is all news to liberals, okay? So you can see them. The problem when you're approaching a vehicle and why they're so dangerous is a vehicle is a contained box on wheels. Again, news to liberals. You can't see what's inside the vehicle until you approach the vehicle. And if someone is going to shoot you, God forbid, as a police officer, and you have to react to it, they know what they're going to do before you know how to react. So by the time you see it, you could be already dead, tragically, like that officer in New Mexico we saw that video for. So again, this is just reason. I know that's difficult for liberals to get through their heads, but that's the stupidity of asking an officer in his most dangerous situation to not be armed with a firearm. 
Dan, let me let me ask you. Let me branch out here and let's look at the the whole landscape of what's going on. You've pushed people to the brink with COVID. Even the director, national director of intelligence, has come out and said there are going to be revolutions around the world and instability uh, because of COVID and because of what's going to happen to economies and people aren't able to get goods and services. They're not able to go to work, et cetera, et cetera. So the director of national intelligence says there's a problem and it's going to be revolutions. It will uh, it will take uh, semi stable com- uh, countries and destabilize them because there will be migrants that rush into those countries and destabilize that country. We have all these things going on. The Supreme Court now maybe 13, maybe the filibuster. Hey, let's make Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. a state. Yeah. Yeah. What, what 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 is going to happen here? Well, I, I hope I hope this conversation we're about to have is looked at in four or five years and everybody says, oh, Dan and Glenn, that was all crazy. I mean that I, I, I genuinely hope that this conversation's left off in a few years. Unfortunately, of course, it won't we do. Be. Um, because, uh, you know, I had an AP history class in high school and the teacher was he was a Democrat, but he was a smart guy. And he said, you know, the reasons you don't have societal chaos in places like the United States, and you likely won't in the future, thank God, is because we have a middle class. Um, and people in the middle class have a lot to lose. You know, the rich are usually powerful. They insulate themselves. The poor um, have nothing to lose, a lot of poor people. And countries with a lot of poor people, you see revolutions precisely because they have nothing to lose. We have a pretty vibrant middle class, despite the left's protestations otherwise. But you accurately stated in the corona era, where we've used coronavirus as an excuse to evaporate pretty much all of our God-given big R rights, right, Glenn? I mean, let's walk them through one by one, right? You, ha- you previously thought you had the freedom to assemble. Um, using coronavirus, the leftist says, no, no, you can't assemble. Matter of fact, if we see you in groups of four or five or larger in a home praying, uh, we're going to basically come in and, and you know, either lock you up or, or, pre- or prevent that. Correct. You can't practice your religion. You weren't allowed in church. I mean, we could go through these rights one by one. Um, even the right freedom to of press, government and, <laughs> right? Yeah, yes, freedom. all of them, all of them. Yeah. I mean, you and I are in conservative media. Um, there's a threat of of being banned from the public space, the new public space on YouTube and Twitter every day. Liberals don't have this problem. So every one of those rights has been under attack using either the guise of uh, identity politics or coronavirus. So what's the consequence of that? Well, the consequence is obvious. You start to lose the middle classes, their businesses are taken away, their right to practice their religion, and you incentivize exactly what you open the conversation with, people who have nothing to lose, unfortunately, to try and fight back. You are a former Secret Service uh, agent, and you're not just a Treasury agent or, you know, I worked in Secret Service in, you know, wherever. You were actually in the White House when we first met. I, I swear, I think you were the body double for uh, Barack Obama because you look a lot like him from a distance. And now a lot of liberals would be like, we should have targeted him. Uh, right. Well, Dan, it looks like his uh, audio kind of cut out here. <laughs> uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, we kind of lost them here in the middle i mean that's what happens you know silencing silencing the voices of conservatives once again uh dan i I like how you picked that up (laughs) that was just seamless see (laughs) as broadcast professionals all of us right right i have the luxury of being taped a lot on my podcast but doing some live fill-ins on fox 
boom, you bounce right in there. And you just yeah. you have to have a you have to have a line ready to go in your head like, well, here are my thoughts on the matter, right? I like that you did that very, very tight. Thank very you, Dad. Appreciate are you that. The, can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now, Glenn. Yeah. I'm yes. sorry. We, we, we were have just a talking about how how this happens. You broadcast professionals bounce right in when there's a technical lapse. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, we're having a rainstorm here, but uh, the state of Texas has guaranteed me that we'll never have a loss of power. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure we're set. Uh, so, Dan, uh, you sat and yeah. you watched these people and you told me the first time we met, the first time you really started questioning things was you were watching them watch me on Fox and you realized yeah. some of the things that you that I was saying, they were like. What the hell? How how does he even know this? Uh, and it was uh, just because I was obsessed. right, Glenn. They were and... obsessed. Remember that thing you did on Van Jones? Yeah. I mean, you you single handedly at the time probably got them to say, "Hey, maybe this wasn't the best hire." But they are <laughs> they could not take it. The you and right. Hannity, they were obsessed with you. Yeah, that wasn't a joke. That wasn't hyperbolic yeah. when I told you that. So, but you sat there and you said, I've had my eyes opened because I've, I'm, I'm seeing and I'm listening and I'm seeing what you're saying and then I'm seeing what they're saying and what they're doing. And uh, I really need to stop because I'm, I'm in the wrong place. I need to speak out and I need to stand against this. Uh, and yeah. it, I mean, you're seeing what's happening. Do you believe that? This is all just a matter of coincidence, and they're all—they're all really have the best ideas. And and gee, the Supreme Court thing—we're not really going to do that. That's not really our intention. I mean, they are acting like fascists, and they're doing it with Coca-Cola and all the rest of them on board. I, listen, I'm glad you use the F word, and I'm not talking about the FCC F word. I'm talking about the fascist word, because I said this on my show the other day. Uh, why are we not calling it what it is? You know, we're living in a society where 40% of the people are living a lie. We're living a, an actual lie right now. Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. I mean, we're, you know, uh, the officer in, uh, in this shooting of Dante Wright was a, was a racist. No evidence of that whatsoever. We, nobody even knows that yet. People are just living a lie. And, and, and it's a time like that where it takes truth tellers to speak the truth and use the descriptions that are accurate for what's happening right now. We have people, as we just discussed, trying to wipe out your freedom to practice religion, your freedom, your freedom to participate in an open forum and uh, in a public in a new public space in social media, people preventing your right to assemble. This is scary stuff. And when you realize, Glenn. That this is not an accident, as you, actually, as you accurately just stated. This is being done intentionally. Body blows to soften you up, to get used to the wiping out of your big R God-given rights and replacing it with subjective government values. All of a sudden, you say, like I did when I left the Secret Service, holy, you know, fill in the blanks. I'm not going to be a part of this. And I'm wondering where more truth tellers are. I mean, you see yeah. the story yesterday with the whole Russia debacle, like the intelligence community at the top. A lot of it's been corrupted. You know, this whole Russia bounty story, bounty story was fake, totally fake. And then we see this other story conveniently comes out the same day. Oh, look, this Konstantin Kalimnik 
was the source for Paul Manafort, or whatever. And then we find out he was a source for the Obama administration, too. This is all being done to foster a narrative, and none of it is to advance your big R God-given rights. None of it. And you have people, I don't know what their motivation is, but you have even Lori Lightfoot. They're the Adam Toledo shooting. Are you familiar with this? The yeah, uh, yeah, the, the guy that the guy was shot back in March and they withheld the tape. And let me just play real quick the the uh, 12 seconds of uh, footage. Stop, right now. Here they are. Stop, stop, hey, stop. Show me your hand. Stop it. Stop it. Hose end. OK, they shoot him. And when you see stop that, right you're now. like, oh, my gosh, they shot an unarmed man. They never released the videotape. They released that, but they never really released the videotape. Until I think a couple of days ago, and you, if you look at it frame by frame, you see this. Put the frame up. There he is standing there with a gun behind his back. Now right. the cop, he I because he's standing. Hey, right. Notice how he, he's standing, no Glenn. Bladed off, so you can't see his right. What did I just tell you? Hand yep. shoot, not elbows, not shoulders. Right. You can't see his right hand. The hand he has the pistol in. When you see the gun, you all of a sudden he drops the gun, but then the hand, mm-hmm. because he's bladed off, you can't see anymore. So he didn't know he didn't have the gun. But nobody's going to tell you that. This doesn't advance their narrative. Dan Bongino, uh, let me know about the test, man. Uh, we'll keep praying for you. God bless you. Thank you for everything you're doing. Um, and uh, thanks for being on the program. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you soon. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Stu, uh, I just, I need your help uh, on uh, this story because I'm going to lose my ever loving mind. Let's do it. The Biden administration now sees hydrogen as the Swiss army knife for eliminating emissions. The Biden administration and all types of industry now are saying we should develop domestic hydrogen Mm. as a linchpin in our economy and the linchpin in our effort to eliminate U.S. emissions by 2050. Now, why could I, why would I possibly be wildly upset? Well, I remember sitting out front of a, in Columbus Circle, mm-hmm. out in front of the old CNN building, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and watching you get out of a car from mm-hmm. General Motors mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that ran on hydrogen. Ran on hydrogen. Yeah, I remember. Zero this. emissions. Mm-hmm. Zero mm-hmm. emissions. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what I said to the maker GM? Do you remember what I said about that? I remember you saying it was a pretty amazing car uh-huh, uh-huh, and uh-huh, that uh-huh. it could really easily be the future if it was oh, just embraced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, no, the, the government has embraced it. Uh, we've already got a deal with one of the major gas station chains. They're going to be having hydrogen stations. All of it. This is going to be done in the next 10 to 15 years. Hydrogen is the future. And I said, the left will never allow (laughs) you to do it. And what was the first thing the Obama administration did? The first thing they did when they get into office. 
Hmm. You remember? I don't remember the exact details. I just remember they tanked the hydrogen yeah. car. Yeah, they tanked the hydrogen car. And then when they gave GM a bailout, they said, yeah, you need to go with a Chevy Volt because that thing's hot. I mean, really hot. Mm. Oh, I can't. I can't take government getting involved in absolutely everything. Hydrogen is the future. Zero um, emissions. Now, do you know how we make hydrogen? Well, we don't have to mine anything. All we need to do is take the water that is being used as a coolant for our nuclear power plants. And instead of having our nuclear power plants power down, which they don't ever have to do, power down in the middle of the night while everybody's going seepy seep, they then make that, uh, they zap that water and take out the O and get the H. That's how you make an unlimited supply of energy. It's really complex and very dangerous for the planet. I can't take it. Now, um, in the no kidding. In fact, do we have the the Sherlock? I think this is appropriate because I've got a few of these that are just a little obvious. You have them, Sarah? Okay. Let me start with a story. Um, a majority of students now say it's unfair for non-college educated taxpayers to bail out student loans. Really? Have you found it? She's still looking for it. I would just, uh, we're having would all sorts of, it's, it's one of those uh, days. It's, there you go. There it is. Now, Sherlock. Thank you. No kidding. <laughs> no kidding. It's unfair. Now, I'd like to, now that you're using your thinking caps, and you're like, oh, it's, a, it's a wrong to have, it's unfair to have somebody who didn't go to college pay for my college. Good for you. Who's thinking? Now, let me take you a step further. For people who did go to college, and they did come up somehow or another with all that money to pay for that college so they could have an education. Why is it fair for them to pay for yours after they've paid for theirs? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of a brain bender, isn't it? It's very difficult to figure that one out. <sighs> cities with the BLM protests. Cities with BLM protests have had 6,000 more homicides than expected. Now, Sherlock! Ho-ho! Who would have seen that coming? They had up to 6,000 more homicides. Now, what does that have to do with BLM protests? Well, I don't know. Maybe we should... Maybe we should imagine... A new way to police. Well, good news is Portland plans to commit a combat crime now with unarmed park rangers. Now, 
no offense to our park rangers, but the last criminal I saw them try to get said, get your own picnic basket. I mean, if you're chasing down Yogi and Boo Boo, maybe we go for the park ranger. But if we're going for crime, I'm just reimagining things and thinking that's not probably the best idea. Let's replace the police with park rangers. Take away their guns, too. Okay. Maryland has become the first state now to repeal the Police Bill of Rights. That's going to work out really, really well. And the latest word that you are not supposed to use is mistress. What do we, what do we, what do we call the person? Because, I mean, we could go what we call guys when they're breaking up a marriage. We, we just call them dirt bags, slime bags. But many people will use MFers. Is that better than mistress? Mistress sounds kind of nice and happy. It does. It's, uh, the, it's from the AP, too, that is doing this, right? And they yeah. recommend using either lover or friend. Ah. Friend isn't really descriptive enough, is it? You know, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Stu. I'm mm-hmm. going to go out on a limb. Mm-hmm. But I think that if I come home and uh, I think when I come home and there's lipstick all over my private parts <laughs> and my wife says, what's that from? And I said, oh, I was just out with a friend. <laughs> I don't think it matters if you call her a friend or a mistress. <laughs> now, Sherlock. My gosh, life is not this hard to figure out. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. We have Chad Prather uh, in with us. Uh, Chad is, I mean, what are you exactly? A comedian, singer, songwriter? What? what? (laughs) It's kind of funny. They had me, uh, they wanted me to come speak. The GOP wanted me to come speak at the state capitol on Wednesday. And so you looked at the flyer and you had all these state reps and state senators. And then there was Chad Prather, comedian. (laughs) (laughs) I said, can we at least change that to TV host or something? (laughs) Conservative humorist. I mean, let's add some syllables. The guy who who won in Ukraine was a comedian. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's now the president of Ukraine. Anybody could be president now. The, The president of Sweden. Uh, it, it was is the way he was the CEO of IKEA, right? Mm-mm. Took really? him weeks to put his cabinet together. <laughs> oh, man, holy cow, Dad! Thanks for stopping by. I've had a hard time so, defining that a long time. I, you know, I, I do comedy. I don't know that I consider myself a comedian. I, I go out and do comedy, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I, you name it, do everything. So uh, you're running for you're running for governor of of Texas. Yeah. And you say this is serious, but I don't believe anything you say is, is serious. But um, you're running for uh, governor. What what is your 
Let me tell you how that started, Glenn. What? No, all right. Let me tell you how it started. So obviously we went through all of the shutdowns and the mandates and everything that happened. And of course, Texas was not immune from all of that. Back in July, I was in South Dakota. I was getting ready for the president's speech at Mount Rushmore. July 2nd, I'm sitting there with Don Trump Jr. I'm drinking a glass of wine. We get another mask mandate. And I don't know if it was the wine or sitting next to a Trump (laughs) that I just got on Twitter and said, screw it, I'm running for governor in 2022 i went to sleep woke up to a firestorm of response Mm. the next morning and i thought if i back out of this now they're going to tar and feather me (laughs) but but it was with true conviction look i love the state of texas i really do it's it's uh it's been really good to me i'm not originally from here been in you know the texas dfw area for 20 years now i love it. it this is my place of identity and destiny it really is and so I just don't like that we're not leading. I don't like that we're following. I think that our current governor, who has done a respectable job, I was saying to Stu yesterday, uh, he puts his finger up in the wind and basically looks to see what Ron DeSantis says and does and then gives it five days to get the public opinion back. And then he decides to say it himself. The difference between he and DeSantis is DeSantis is doing it and, and Greg Abbott's just saying it. So we're following. We're not leading. And that's just not a good yeah, it- I will tell you, I I think that, I mean, because Greg Abbott doesn't suck. Right. He just isn't, uh, he's just not Texan enough. And he's, I think he was born and raised here. And I like Greg Abbott. Yeah, born in Wichita Falls, raised in East Texas. Yeah, the thing about Greg Abbott that I hear is exactly what you said. Mm -hmm. Texas should be leading, not following. So I, I have people all the time that ask me when I'm out and about and traveling, they say, why isn't Texas doing what South Dakota's doing or what Florida's yeah, right. doing? And with all due respect to Christy Noem, uh, South Dakota doesn't have its own toast. <laughs> There's no waffle irons. There's no waffle irons in the shape of Florida, right? We put on, you know, our girls put on bikinis that, that are our state flag and float down a river every year. They, they don't do those kind of things in other states. This is Texas, by God. And uh, what I've always said is, you know, we talk about things being bigger in Texas or people walking a little bit taller. I call it a humble arrogance. You know, we've mm-hmm. seen the humility, like, for instance, when Harvey hit, we all banded together. We didn't ask for a lot of federal help. We People showed up and they helped their neighbors. And, and we've seen that over and over again. We saw it with the snowmageddon that happened just weeks ago. Uh, there is that humility, but there, there also you just don't tell us what to do. So there is that arrogance about us. I mean, we've we have been a republic. We've been our own nation. We've got a rich heritage and a rich identity, but I think we've lost the identity. So what I keep saying to people, Glenn, is Texas isn't the Texas that most Texans think it is anymore. Uh, well, you know, I've seen some I've seen some uh, uh, polling numbers here in Texas. I mean, we're close to losing Texas. We are. Um, but uh, I've seen some polling numbers and the ones to really be concerned about are not the ones necessarily moving in because a lot of them moving in feel like I do. Right. I'm coming here for Texas. I, I the rest of the country has lost its mind. Um, the ones that really are a problem are the ones who grew up in Texas. They uh, are, you know, are just are they're just changing and they're becoming I guess maybe the same way that Americans were, you know, right around 9-11. We thought we were invincible until it happened. Right. And so they're just they're they're not thinking that Texas could ever fail. Well, Daniel Horowitz said something pretty profound to me the other day on the News and Why It Matters. He said there's really no red states anymore uh, Hmm. because of the big cities. The big cities have all gone blue. So if you look at San Antonio and Houston and Dallas and now even Fort Worth, uh, El Paso, you look at the big cities, you know, these sister cities in Texas, they're not red at all. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm concerned with, Glenn, 
is when it look when you look at state politics in Texas, I'm not worried so much about the left as I am the people who claim to be on the right and really yes. aren't. We have Correct. a lot of rhinos. We have a lot of people who have who have ridden the Republican wave the way that they have. You we passed uh, House Bill 1927 yesterday for constitutional carry, right? It was still not a great bill. I don't still don't. I'm still not pleased with what they passed. But that thing should have not only passed resoundingly, it should have passed a long time ago. This is the first time in 25 years that they actually got close to taking a look at it. So now this is this is this is you can open carry or concealed carry and you don't need a permit you don't need a permit you pass a background check what i don't like about it is they don't want 18 to 21 year olds being able to carry under the same rules i don't like that at all so you Uh, have you have i mean if you're old enough to go to war you're old enough to carry a gun yeah i mean it's it's not right yeah i i i agree i think that greg abbott is not a bad guy i think he's done a, a respectable job but I just don't think he's Texan enough. That's a great way of putting that. And um, there's a lot of people who would argue with that. There's a lot of people who look at what I'm doing as a gimmick. At the end of the day, I'm wanting to kind of stir the fires of history and get people talking again about how great Texas has been. And I believe if, if, if we can apply that identity to who we are and recapture that, then we can re-embrace our destiny and continue to write history and leave a legacy. And we're just not doing that right now. We're kind of, we're kind of got our thumb in the wind and we're just kind of waiting to see which way it blows. And uh, that's not a way to really lead a state so right now. When, when I hear this, I think you're right. And, and stirring the embers. Uh, am I still on? Mm-hmm. Stirring the uh, embers of uh, history. The first thing I think of is, you know, what we need is a governor that would go on the stew show <laughs> and get hammered. Yeah. Well, that's going to happen. <laughs> right. That's going to happen. Yeah, that doesn't only... necessarily seem like the best idea. Oh, it's a great idea. Let me explain Good. something to you, man. Everybody keeps saying, do you know the skeletons are going to come out of the closet? And I said, look, I don't have a closet. I burned it down a long time ago. I broke it down to sell the plywood. <laughs> what My skeletons are arranged in the front yard like Halloween. I have candy sitting in their lap. They're all out there for everybody to see. Listen, man, I've lived... For lack of better terms, a rock star life. I, I, I've toured. I've been all over the world. Uh, I, I've done all these kind of things that uh, would make my grandmother blush. I've done them. I've owned it. There's no hiding it. We talk about it on my show all the time. Uh, we've lived a life. Uh, but, you know, there, there's nothing that's good. I haven't done anything illegal. I haven't done anything, you know, stupid well, or let's moronic. Not, I, wouldn't I mean, let's, let's just keep it there, Stu. <laughs> it I depends on out. how you define <laughs> yeah. illegal. Well, I could still right. pass a background check. Okay, let's go that way. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. But I've done plenty of things. So I don't worry about things like that. And let's face it, I'm not Donald Trump, but Trump did change the game in mm-hmm. that regard. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so let me let, let, let me just ask reality. This. I am concerned about my friend uh, Stu yeah. because it seems like he's doing a lot of theme shows where it's like, let's just get hammered. <laughs> and, well, I, well, uh, the best thing about uh, doing uh, shows where you're getting hammered is the, the audience doesn't expect quality. No, you know, you're right. going to give them a low uh, quality. Right. I, yeah, there it is. We're training. Oh, drinking we're, already training we're, already stre- we're already stretching out, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I know that, uh, you know, Stephen Crowder's attorney, uh, Bill, the Asian lawyer. <laughs> half uh, Asian. Half, half Asian. Asian. Half Asian. I'm sorry. Stop half, half Asian. Asian hate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I hated the white part of him. So that's why I said Asian lawyer. Anyway, uh, I know last time you did this, you filmed like it three o'clock in the afternoon and he came in already hammered he yeah, was like he'd been, he'd been oh, drinking since lunch yeah <laughs> I, I didn't wait i just <laughs> you think about bill 
I, I don't know if it's the white side of him or the Asian side of him, but he could drink. Oh, yeah. He, he could put he it could, away. I, he embarrassed all of us. I mean, he, he drank us under the table. Well, that's why we didn't that's... invite him back this time. Yeah. We were all embarrassed. Um, Again, uh, <laughs> so, a sign of the more you drink is the sign the more you have drunk. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> that is true. That was the way tolerance yeah. works. We should point yeah. out, by the way, this is a, it's called the uh, Studios America 250th Anniversary Power Hour. Uh, it means one shot of beer per minute for 60 minutes. And we try to actually have coherent political and, and issue based conversations. And it works for a while, a for short a while. time. And then it gets very messy. It's and that's live tonight. Yeah, it's going to be tonight, That's 9 p.m. Eastern on uh, YouTube.com okay. slash Stu Does America. Myself right. will be there, uh, Chad Prather, uh, Jason Buttrell, Spencer Corson, and Sarah Gonzalez as our moderately sober uh, designated okay. driver. I'm yeah. telling you because I can sue Spencer Corson. He used to be a protector <laughs> of mine before he went into his own business. Yeah, he's got a book coming out okay. and everything. Yeah, So he'll you'll have him so broken down. You ask him questions about my family. Because then I'll split the proceeds with you. Yeah. I mean, we'll sue the snot out of him. Yeah, let's violate an NDA. Yeah, yeah, like get him to that. violate that NDA. That'll be a that'll well, be a good thing. And Jason Buttrell was also one of your protectors, so we could yeah, just but keep Jason's pestering a rock. them. Uh, Jason, I think rock. so. Yeah. I don't you think yeah. so. I don't know. Yeah. You you saw him last time. He was he was skimping on his shots yeah. of beer. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Spencer, I've, you know, I've seen Spencer drink before. I think he's going to be able to bring it. I don't know about Jason. Is a, he's a wuss. Yeah, the that's thing, true. The thing that's about Buttrell you know, is he, he just he would stare off blankly. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't lose him for like 10 minutes at a time. We're like, <laughs> we're supposed to be doing a show here. What are you doing? So let me ask you this. This is the 200th. 250th. Episode, 250th episode mm-hmm. of that crappy show Crap. that you do? Yeah. How dare you? Yes, yeah. uh, it is. It 250. Is a show. How many episodes have I done? Oh my gosh, thousands. We actually tried to do this for one of your anniversaries and figure out how many hours of broadcast you've done. I mean, really, your life is, you haven't accomplished a lot. It's really been a, a, a really long just series of forgettable yapping. shows over yeah. multiple decades. Yeah. That's your, that's uh, your life. That's, I mean, that's on your tombstone. Why don't you count this? Because if you're doing shots at 250, we should have just like a drip of heroin for every minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? We should just oh, have. We gotta we're going to try clean, to get Glenn. through. You what? We got to keep you clean, Glenn. What we do is we take a shot of espresso. We take a shot of espresso. We'll sound like auctioneers at the end of an hour, and then we'll drop dead of a heart attack. <laughs> All right. That is uh, on the stew uh, does. What is it? Stew, stew uh, does beer? No, no. It's, it's the uh, 250th anniversary power hour tonight. YouTube.com slash stew does America. I will say. Chad brought this up on the show uh, uh, last night. Uh, you know, a lot of big, important uh, societal movements have started around a beer. That's right. Right? around In a tavern, around a beer. Who knows what could come out of this evening? Right. Right. I mean, I'll bet you that's how the Klan originally started. <laughs> well, it's how the Nazis started. <laughs> I was not. I was going to go with the founding. You guys went to the Nazis and the Klan? <laughs> well, let's just yeah, keep it. Yeah, it was the, the Beer Hall push. The beer push. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Let's, let's keep this to so, gubernatorial success okay. <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Uh, Chad Prather. Oh, we should point out, too, uh, Chad's on tour. Go to watchchad.com, right, Chad? That's yeah, pre-order my out. book, Am I Crazy? Yeah, it's coming out in August, right? That's right. It's a big deal coming out in august and of course uh, the website has all the details sure right. we'll have you uh, we'll have you on again chad pray through you can also watch him uh on blaze tv it's really a good show i'm, I'm just saying that it was printed in front of me i've never even watched the show <laughs> na, 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 na.